Many times in the Bible we read of stories about people trusting God even though it did not make sense to really trust him for what he said. This is an example of God's ways being totally different than man's ways. And I know that the beauty of following God, even when we don't understand what actually he's saying, is that when you obey, you are blessed. When you obey, you are blessed. And so this morning, I'm standing before your presence in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you may continue to be obedient to every word spoken by God. Every word spoken by God. Not one of his word will fall to the ground until they are accomplished. There are so many examples in the Bible where we know that the principles and teachings of God, of Christ, the Son of God, are against human nature. They're very much against human nature. And I believe that indeed we can find this in the teachings of Jesus Christ, in the teachings of Paul, and also many of them in the book of Proverbs. When you read, you just look and say, huh, can this be? I'll give a few examples. And by the grace of God, I pray that it will strengthen your faith. One of such is found in the book of Genesis chapter 22. Imagine God calling on Abraham and saying to Abraham, take your son, the one that you love, your only son, Take him to a place where I will show you and there offer him to me as a sacrifice. Now, because you know the end of the story, it will not in any way grip your heart. Abraham did not know that God was testing him. He believed that God actually has said it and therefore Faith moved him. We said something some time ago. If it were you, I know that you would be binding and uh, casting away. Huh? That devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. God cannot not tell me that. How do you know God? So you can actually pocket him and know what actually he can say. Know what he can ask you to do. God is bigger than that. And therefore, we see that the mind of Abraham uh, can actually be said to, be, to have been disclosed to us a little in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, the Bible tells us there that by faith, Abraham took his son in order to sacrifice him to God 
believing that even if the son should die, God has the power to do what? To raise him. That is where faith is found. And it is important for us to know that, you see, when the Lord God Almighty brought, Abraham, brought Isaac to Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham was as dead. Old. I think actually that it wasn't Abraham that they should say that was old. It was Sarah. She had passed the age of childbearing. Even before 170 something that Abraham died, Abraham still had some children. But one thing about it is this. I want you to think about it. When Abraham obeyed God, oh, the wonderful blessings that God Almighty poured on him. I know that you'll be envious of that. But the test itself, you want to run away from. You see, we claim some things not actually put into account some responsibilities that will come before it and we just want to claim the good ones. Children of God, if you see for yourself in Genesis chapter 22, beginning from verse 16 to 18, you will know that indeed some of you want to do that so that God can actually pour that on you. After Abraham passed the test, God not allow him to lay any hand on the son, his son, Isaac. God said this, by myself, I have sworn. Guess what? God has nothing in this world to actually swear by. He swore by himself. By myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants are the stars of the heavens and are the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Hmm. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my what? My voice. Children of God, we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. This is not what actually it is. I'll give you another example. In the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 6, verses 3, well, chapter 6 entirely, you'll see something about the fall of Jericho. The battle of Jericho came and uh, the people actually looked at the wall. The wall of Jericho can actually uh, maybe... Uh, be described as the wall of China. You know, the wall of China, you can drive a car through that wall. 
so thick, so mighty. And here the children of Israel were to possess the land. They did not know how to go in because everything had been barricaded. And the Lord said to them, make your people to walk through the, 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 the wall once every day for six days. On the seventh day, let them walk through seven times and then let the trumpet be sounded, that is the horn of, uh, um, of um, the bull or whatever, be sounded and the people shall shout with a loud voice and the wall of Jericho will fall. Now, scientifically, how possible is that? It was enough for the children of Israel to look at Joshua and say, you are mad. You are very, very mad. So the voice now will become what? Huh? Hydrogen bomb? Or what? Guess what? The children of Israel obeyed God, did exactly what they were told, and on the seventh day, they went round and round and round. Now, going round the, the, the wall of Jericho seven times, what strength will you have to fight the battle even if the wall should break? The children of Israel did exactly what God had told them and lo and behold, the shout of the children of Israel broke down the wall of Jericho. Everything came tumbling down and they entered and pursued where they got the power from? From God. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Obedience in things that actually are not sensible to human mind. It is not about logic. When you want to follow God, don't actually use logic. Human sense cannot comprehend him. He is far beyond what we can think of. He is far beyond what we can understand about him. When you have just touched the tip of the iceberg, you have not started to actually know God at all. But that alone will make your head swell. Children of Israel, children of God, these people fell down the wall of Jericho without any bomb, without any force, but the shout, and why is the shout so powerful? God said it. When God says it, believe it. When he says it, obey it. The third one, quickly. Gideon's army. It is far, far, far beyond human understanding. It is actually stupidity in the highest sense when it comes to reasoning with our head. God said, go and fight the Midianites and the Midianites had actually come together and their forces together and everything. If you go to chapter 8 of Judges, you see that the army of the Midianites numbered about 135,000. Now, all that 
Gideon could gather together, there were only 32,000. 32 to 135. Are you not actually going to commit suicide? Then God said, ah, these people are too many. Imagine. Ah. 135 to 32. What's the ratio? Then God said, 32,000 are too many. Then they announced something. If you're afraid, if fear is in you to go for this battle, go back home now. Do you know how many went home? 22,000. I believe that if you were the commander of that army, huh, your knees will, be, will, be, will, will actually be banging together. Huh? These people, 22,000 remaining how many? 10. And God still said, there are too many. Uh-uh. No, this is not God talking no. Huh? But they knew that God was talking and God said, let them go to the sea, to the, to the river, and let them drink water. Those who lapped the water like a dog will be the ones. How many were they? 300. 300 people to face 135 people. And guess what? After they had killed about 120,000 of the Midianites, 15,000 ran back. 300 people. When God says it, it may not be sensible to you, but please I beg you in the name of the Lord, you better take it as yea and amen. It is important for you to know that one with God is a majority. Children of God, has God said anything to you before and uh, you did not in any way, you know, respect it and now you are regretting it? Is God telling you something even at this moment and you are still fighting it and saying to yourself, ah, that doesn't make sense. How can I do that? Huh? I'll tell you one mundane thing that actually happened of which we read of uh, about rather last Sunday. And by the way, do you remember the best way to wake up? Huh? Huh? And sing. As I says, stretch, smile, and sing. Now, the Lord said to the children of Israel as they were going from the promised land and from, from Egypt to the promised land you had nothing to eat I will provide food for you he provided manna you know what actually the Bible says manna tastes like huh? something like a waffle with honey isn't that wonderful taste now, God said, listen, no, this is a mundane thing. 
a mundane thing, and in a mundane, very mundane thing, God spoke, and his word must be obeyed. Children of God, God said, pick for yourself what will be sufficient only for one day. Don't let it remain till the second day. Some people disobeyed. And what happened to the manna the second day? It got rotten and it was smelling. The stench was so, so much that it was so disgusting. Now, God said for six days you pick only for one day. But on the sixth day, you will pick for two days because of the Sabbath. Now, something that got rotten the second day. How did it survive it on Sabbath? Why? God said it. And you know something that actually amazed me concerning this particular manner. Something that got rotten the second day. Because God commanded that it should be done, it should be picked for only one day. But they dis disobeyed. God now made them to know that he is God. And whatever he says, stays. Pick this manna. Put it in the pot. And put it as a testimony for your unborn children. That the next generation will know what I fed you with. Guess what? How long will that manna stay in the pot? Very long. Did it get rotten? No. Why? God said it. Do not take God's word lightly. Obey him to the letter and you will see that it shall be well with you. Now, it is very, very much important for us to know that Christians are the ones who are now doubting the power of Christ even for their salvation. A lot of churches don't even put Christ in it anymore. They only go by miracles. They go by, you know, getting rich. They go by the things that Gentiles seek after. But when you talk about Jesus Christ being your savior, it seems as if you're just speaking rubbish. I must work for my salvation. No, you cannot work for it. Why? The Lord Jesus Christ actually has made us to know that everything that is said concerning himself is true. Ex you cannot in any way make heaven except through Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Now you want to say to me that Jesus Christ said it and not God. <laughs> if only you can turn to Matthew chapter 17, beginning from uh, at, in verse 5. The Lord Jesus Christ said on the Mount of Transfiguration, Oh, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Do what? Hear him. 
Hear him because whatever he says is true. Whatever he says is stamped by me as the authority that can never be broken. Whatever he says stands not for time but for eternity. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, Oh, you cannot in any way make heaven except through me. A lot of people today are as skeptical as Paul before he actually had the encounter on the way to Damascus. Boko Haram is fighting it. And I say to them, they are not even Muslims enough to know what the Quran says. ISIS fighting Christians, but they have not, they have not gone political because they are killing Muslims too. The thing about it is this. If you are here doubting about the fact that the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary and his resurrection and his ascension and everything that he has said is not true to you. Are you or it's true to you rather? You know, you are believing, you know, just on human sense. In the book of Romans, we have this said. There is Paul saying this after his experience. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. And in 1 Corinthians 1 that we read, the passage says that this message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who have been saved, it is the power of God. No one comes to the Father but by me. And you say that it cannot be so. Let's see what the Bible says again concerning this wonderful Savior in the passage we read, 1 Corinthians 1.25. The foolishness of God is what? Wiser than men. All of us put together. Put your, let us put our brains together if they can work together and form a great computer. It cannot in any way measure up to the wisdom of God. The weakness of God is stronger than men. And we say to you, knowing the wrath of God, what do we do? We persuade men. I can tell you of some people, of some wonderful people in the scriptures who disobeyed God and the consequences they actually faced. I can tell you of David, who after he was told not to take the census of the men in his, uh, in his kingdom, went ahead and did it. 
even though he was a man after God's own heart, what happened? God punished him. You may say that the punishment was actually not directly to, on, on David because a lot of men died just because of the mistake of the king. What about the wonderful man, the man of God, the one that actually spoke directly with God face to face? And God even testified concerning that. Moses, God said, speak to the rock. What did he do? He struck the rod, struck it hard. And the Lord looked at him and said, you, you disobeyed me. What can we say concerning Adam and Eve, Cain, Jonah, Eli and his sons, King Saul, Miriam and Aaron, Solomon with all his wisdom? And what about Lot's wife? Don't look back. She turned back and became a pillar of salt. Children of God, let us take the words of God seriously. And as we celebrate Christmas, let us know that that is the word that became flesh. The word of God that became flesh and dwell among us. Celebrate Christmas with joy because you know that everything about Jesus is true. Why? The word of God. Spoken. The word of God. Incarnate. The word of God that is able to transform lives. Why don't you just believe him and not doubt in your heart? And when you believe him, guess what? You need to do exactly what he has told you or will tell you in any time, anywhere. I am a Christian and I will tell the world that Jesus is real. Why? The word of God tells me that. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? I want you to search yourself now. In what areas are you belittling God? In what areas are you not actually taking God seriously? What are some things coming to you sometimes when you think about this God? Do you doubt him? word of God says that without faith it is impossible absolutely impossible to please him think about it who is Jesus Christ to you are you just here because you were born into a Christian home are you here because a friend told you to come? Are you here because, oh, you're looking for a miracle? Are you here because it is fashionable to go to church on Sunday? 
Or are you here because you know this Jesus and you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Is there anybody in the house today who wants to give his life to Jesus Christ? His or her life to Jesus? Just raise your, raise your hand. You'll be, you'll be given a card, that's all. You want to give your life to Jesus. Christmas is here. And you know that indeed, you cannot celebrate Christmas if you do not have any portion to do with the Christ of Christmas. The Jesus of Christmas. Can you raise your hand? Is anyone in the house this today who has doubted the things that God actually told him or her? And now you know that you have sinned, but you want God to forgive you. Raise your hand to the Lord. No card will be given to you. Just raise your hand to the Lord and put it down. 